Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, just started doing a fun project with my friend Jocelyn McGuire, who's a professional filmmaker and, and wonderful comedic actress and great improviser. And we just came up with this cool idea called The Quarantine Couple, a little web series. It's on quarantinecouple.net. It's also on the front page of Shane Moss, M-A-U-S-S dot com. That's, that's kind of like a South Park version of the world that we're in, where everything's we're in quarantine, but everything's heightened and, and done in kind of a cartoonish, exaggerated, ridiculous way. And it's shot in like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style where we kind of, we have the things outlined and know where things are going to go. And then the rest of it is, is improvised and then we just edit from there. And it's a really cool, fun project. If you want something from me that's a little goofier and we're still going to try to put some kind of bigger ideas in there and have some um, uh, conversations with more depth. But uh, each episode's just, so far they've just been two or three minute long, quick, fun little uh, ways to get a good laugh in this time. So check that out and subscribe. And I've been putting these Here We Are podcasts on YouTube so you can see my guests in person. This is one of the wonderful things that's come out of this quarantine is that I've started putting a bunch of stuff on YouTube and it's new and I could use your support. So anything that you can do to subscribe, leave comments, like, share, all that stuff. I even started making some highlights so you can check out a few minutes here and there that makes it nice and easy to share. Something like, say, Nina Pfefferman's like three-minute breakdown of of uh flattening the curve for for the people out there that uh that still don't don't seem to um get it in in this with all the confusing information out there just a nice three minute really clear really sensible breakdown of what flattening the curve is all about and, and a bunch of fun stuff like that so i hope you'll check out my youtube channel all this stuff is at shane moss m-a-u-s-s dot com i hope you'll subscribe and see all of the new things i hope you'll check out i've been doing tons of social media stuff i'm tweeting like five times a day at shane comedy that's new i took a few year break from that i'm doing instagram i'm trying to put something on instagram once a day um i'm making some facebook posts here and there so i hope you'll check out all of that stuff support me in this time check out patreon if you want to help out fund the show keep the team going uh all of my editing expenses and media expenses and and my assistant who's lining up all these wonderful guests that's where that goes but one great way you can support the show and yourself and continue your education is by checking out the great courses plus make sure and go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash here we are I've mentioned this so many times before on the show. I've been a fan of great courses for about 10 years now. I've been taking great courses. I can't believe I was able to form this partnership with them a year or so ago. And then now there's this quarantine and everyone's getting into self-help and taking advantage of the uh, of this time off for those of you that have it and are reassessing things to learn some new things and, and maybe shift gears in their lives. And there's never been a better time to start taking some courses now. It's a free trial and it's only $10 a month when you sign up for a quarterly plan. Do you guys realize that when I started, I would buy a single course from Great Courses 
for hundreds of dollars hundreds of dollars that that's what that's what like a three-year subscription costs you now this is an incredible time to educate yourself take advantage it's a free trial so there's no risk you can take things like an introduction to infectious disease you could take a course on money and banking banking what everyone should know uh, you can take a course on fighting misinformation through uh, digital media literacy and uh, just things like that help uh, help make sense of this new world that we find ourselves in go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash here we are website to get signed up today and that helps me out thank you great courses for supporting the show with such an awesome product that i can confident confidently tell my listeners to check out that i believe in myself that uh, that i uh, that is um so exciting and i would uh, I wish everyone was was taking more classes like this and spending um, their time once they've finished Tiger King rather than looking for the next thing to binge watch and the next thing to binge watch. You're going to run out of those things in a hurry and you're going to be left but nothing but bad 80s movies uh, that you're dig into the bottom of the streaming services. Why? Why when you can educate yourself and start having more intelligent, interesting conversations? Right now we're all calling one another and connecting and talking with people that you haven't talked with the most. Don't you want to make those conversations more interesting? Don't you want to have something new to say about what's going on? That's why I, I recommend going to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash here we are. And that's why I'm putting together all of these free pandemic edition podcasts for you. So you'll have a lot of new things to talk about, a lot of new angles, and you won't just have to uh, hear and say the same points that everyone else is making about everything right now. Do it before we all go insane. All right. You guys are awesome. Thegreatcoursesplus.com slash here we are. Talk down the backside. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Here We Are podcast. My name's Shane Moss. Raj, why don't you introduce yourself to the folks? Hi, my name is Raj Subraman. I'm a PhD virologist and comedian live it in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, all right. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of somewhat reassuring to know that a <laughs> virologist hasn't uh, fled Brooklyn. No. Well, not. I'm also a comedian, so I don't really have a luxury pad up in the Hamptons that I can escape to. <laughs> um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. How's Brooklyn <laughs> doing right now? Uh, they're doing okay. I'm like a few blocks away from the hospital, so you see, I hear a lot of uh, ambulances going by. But um, yeah, from my understanding, Brooklyn is doing okay. But I think Queens is kind of the epicenter, where it's kind of the heaviest hit, and where I think they're really moving a lot of the traffic to. Man, um, so what's your background, by the way? I don't. Uh, we we know we know <laughs> each other through comedy, but I I I'm not familiar yeah. with with your. Uh... With your scientific background. 
I have a PhD in virology. Well, technically, I think it's in microbiology, immunology, and molecular genetics. But I studied herpes viruses for five years and then studied retroviruses for another four years. Ah. So kind of not, not coronaviruses, but other viruses. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, we, we, uh, there's Corona's getting so much press these days. People have forgotten <laughs> all about herpes. I know. Uh, <laughs> we still got to be aware of herpes. Herpes is still a problem, but you know, I think if you're socially isolating, you probably don't have to worry about herpes as much. <laughs> Although, so first off, I. Fortunately, know so very little about herpes, okay. but my, so I was just kind of thinking of this in terms of like diabetes and all of these other problems mm-hmm. that people have that are like, you know, fairly easily manageable or, or, or treatable with, with proper care and, and mm-hmm. um, prescriptions and whatever else goes into it. And this is one of the major concerns of of hospitals and and doctors and nurses and everything being overwhelmed is yeah. that all of these all of these small things um well th- things that in our modern society are small because of modern medical advances things that we that yeah. we are privileged enough to get to take for granted right now they're turning into these massive problems sometimes even life or death scenarios things that that used to be something that you didn't even have to sweat about yeah i think we've done a good job to kind of treat all these diseases like as an individual disease but like not kind of the holistic aspect of like if you have this disease and you get something else then that impacts how you respond to an infectious disease especially mm-hmm. with coronavirus Hmm. So wait, if you have herpes, you could be more susceptible to corona? No, I'm not saying no. that. Oh, 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 okay, okay. I, I thought we were talking about diabetes. Di- diabetes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> diabetes. Um, yeah, we were. So, um, uh, so sorry, I just got, I'm stuck on herpes now. Tell me, uh, let's, let's work through herpes. Let's get that off my mind first. Okay. How, do, how does herpes work? What's it all about? Yeah, so herpes so herpes is a DNA virus and you can get it through kind of saliva or um sort of any sort of um genital mucus membranes as well. Um so it's not respiratory like coronavirus um and I think yeah, it's primarily there's there's eight types of herpes viruses. There's human herpes virus one and two, which are herpes simplex, which is usually what you think of when you think of herpes. And uh, herpes one is the mouth herpes. Herpes two is the genital herpes. And then herpes three is chickenpox. And then herpes four through eight are predominantly herpes viruses nobody ever really deals with because we are not immunocompromised. But if you are immunocompromised, then they become issues. Hmm. So there's things like Kaposi's sarcoma, herpes virus, and um, cytomegalovirus. These are other herpes viruses. And there's some that cause like ro- rosacea. Hmm. I was just I, I was just uh, coming to understand the other day. Is it um, is it that the word pathogen is like is when there's when there's one that's like 
is basically just a virus that impacts humans. It's just like a word for harmful yeah, virus. I mean, harmful virus or harmful bacteria. Anything that infects, causes disease in humans is called a pathogen. Although, arguably, a pathogen can be a pathogen for any other animal. So if it's like a dog, if you study dogs, you can have dog pathogens or, um, you know, it's just anything that causes disease in some species. Although, you can have a pathogen that's, for instance, um, you know, this coronavirus is a pathogen for us, but in other species, it doesn't really cause significant disease at all so it's not so it's arguably not really a pathogen right okay other others other animals so it's just a way of classifying a virus as just like here's a thing that we actually care about <laughs> these other <Yeah>. things don't <laughs> don't impact us so yeah it's just how they our, our brains can process things it's like we can't we can't fund study viruses that don't infect us there are plenty of viruses that don't infect us that are very interesting but yeah. Uh, we tend to only focus on the ones that make us sick. So, so between, uh, so herpes one, can you get herpes one mouth? That's mouth herpes, right? Yeah. Can you get mouth herpes through, how, how can you get mouth herpes just through saliva? Is there any, yeah. like through saliva, it's like kissing any sort of salivary interaction. Licking. <laughs> And herpes one, that's just, that's just like sores on the mouth. Yep. You and can actually get, um, you can get, I forget how, this has been a while since, since I studied herpes one, but you can get, uh, I think you can get genital herpes infection with mouth herpes. Yeah. So if, if you are doing oral sex, you can, spread herpes one generally huh but it doesn't i don't think it spreads back that way it doesn't go the other way no i don't think if you have herpes two so if if, uh if someone (laughs) has herpes two and you give them like oral you don't get herpes two in your mouth i don't think (laughs) or it could be the other i forget what it is but it could be the other way around (laughs) Oh, oh, we should look into it. I, I mean, I, I guess either way, it, it is. It, I've always thought with uh, with sex, you know, there's there's so much um, uh, there there's so much emphasis put on condom use, mm-hmm. but everyone's still like, well, we're still gonna have like oral and stuff, right? Yeah. You know, but but there's that's. I remember when I was in middle school, they were still emphasizing, like, even if you do oral, you still should wear condoms to avoid uh, okay. passing STDs. Okay. But I grew up in Kentucky, so <laughs> it's yeah. kind of amazing that I got any sex ed whatsoever. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, okay. Well, wait, what does... <laughs> I've now practiced... I've never used the... What's that? Isn't there, like, a some sort of fruit roll-up thing that you're supposed to put on? Yeah, uh, like uh, I, I want to uh, say dental dam, but I could be wrong. D- dental dam, I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, as as everyone's talking about all of these various ways of protecting ourselves, it's uh, it it's, yeah. it's funny that yeah, we um, I uh, I I don't know. Maybe this is a maybe this is an. Uh, 
interesting opportunity for people to be like oh yeah sometimes you need to wear like plastic on like parts of your body to avoid i mean incurring yeah. health costs i mean that's basically, basically what, what gloves are is just condoms for your hands <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so how does uh how does your background um and also as a comedian like what what kind of um what kind of thoughts have you been having about this pandemic f- from your background that are maybe just different than, you know, the average public? Yeah, I feel like I've been going through a lot of, I've been really kind of like diving in hard on like the science behind it and trying mm-hmm. to figure out like, what do we know? Why do we know the things that we know? And, um, you know, trying to like, I think there's a lot of propagation of stories of things that people read or heard and that often is based not necessarily on strong data or, or science whatsoever. Um, but I think the, you know, the thing I feel is, you know, I feel very human with this cause I feel like I went before this kind of spread throughout the United States, I was like, it's not going to be a big deal. Our government's going to take care of things. We'll be fine. You know, and there's nothing to worry about. It's predominantly, you know, affecting, you know, what everyone's saying, you know, who is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Things. Everyone's like, yeah, it's mostly affecting older people. It's, you know, but it's like, I, think I was wrong so many times, so many times. <laughs> and, and I think it's like, I kind of just have faith that our institutions will hold up to, <laughs> to yeah. do what they're doing. And it's, you know, as, as you see this and you kind of like, I think from my understanding of like how pandemics would work or how viruses spread, you would imagine that there sort of is a dead end at some point. And, you know, I just figured that we would have hit a dead end by now, but I think we are just still going through the very early stages of a really unprecedented disease. Yeah, I mean, it's my opinion so far from quickly playing catch up, just from talking with the people that I've talked with, which, um, you know, I don't really watch the news. So yeah, the information that I'm basing this on, other than, you know, whatever my past knowledge base is of, I, I've never really studied virology much. Um, mm-hmm. My my knowledge about evolution helps a little bit just in terms of being able to conceptualize some aspects of what's going on. Um, But it definitely, um, it seems like we are not anywhere near the worst of it uh, yet to me. (laughs) I, I, I don't think that is the case. And, and I don't think, you know, as I, I just, had a post basically i was kind of like posting just for comics just like a heads up to comics because comics are a desperate irresponsible bunch and um you know that just had their livelihood go away which leads to more desperation and more irresponsibility than already the most irresponsible (laughs) desperate population yeah that there is and i was just trying to i I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't know why what we're hearing on the news is seemingly more hopeful than what I'm hearing talking with scientists. If mm. the news is going and getting their information from scientists, 
why I'm hearing a different story. I don't know if they're trying to put like a more positive spin. I don't know if it, it, I don't know if they're being fed a more positive spin or a more hopeful spin. I don't know if they're wanting to just not tell people that summer is canceled because everyone's just going to be like, fuck this. I'm going outside and not paying any attention to anything. And so that they're going, Oh, two weeks. And then two weeks are going to be like, yeah, two more weeks. Just assuming, you know, people will be patient enough for that. I don't know what's happening, but I don't think this is a, my opinion, flawed, imperfect opinion. And I have been, way wrong about this thing so many times and so hopefully by the time this comes out i'm wrong in the other direction which is that i'm overreacting yeah but my sense is is that this isn't gonna be a fun little two three week long sabbatical for us (laughs) uh i I don't think that's the case i think the most positive estimates that i've seen is like it will and this is like, I think very positive is that it will peter out around July. Yeah. But I think like you have to, I think there, there's assumptions that there's like a, a seasonality to it. Yeah. And there's nothing from what I've seen in reality that there is seasonality to this. Yeah. Otherwise it wouldn't be a global. I mean, there's yeah. people it's that our, are in summers. There's yeah. people in every season right now and it's hitting the globe. Yeah. It's going everywhere. And I think, that well, it's probably it seems like this is a virus that is just going to have to burn itself through the entire population, and yeah, and it it stinks. But I I feel like we're looking like two years, yeah, before we are like can look at the back end of this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not booking shows until the middle of August myself um, with the kind of expectation of having to cancel, you know, those shows as well. Um, And, you know, my little comedy shows are the least of my fucking concern right now. But, but, um, but, you know, I just, I had someone on talking a year pretty confidently, you know, very, very recently. And I I think probably what's going to, I mean, I think the, things to think about is like we i don't think people will stomach being inside like socially isolating for till july doing what we're doing now i think people will demand that things will get back to normal because yeah. I, I don't think people can live off of 1200 dollars <laughs> till you know for two or three months and still be paying all their bills and things like that so i think there's probably going to be some push to reopen things but everything I think the most optimistic scenario is from getting out of this is that you just do staggered versions of social isolating. Yeah. So maybe they'll reopen in end of May and then do it again once it starts respiking. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not yeah, a I, I mean, I, I mean, it's uh, as far as I can understand, it's just like, you wait this thing out for as long as you possibly can. This thing that is like 
infinitely patient. This vi- this virus doesn't care about our schedule. This yeah. virus doesn't care about us getting to an open mic. <laughs> um, it, would, it probably wants you to be at an open mic. If it wants you very. It's desperately waiting for you to slip up and go to an open mic. <laughs> I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be waiting for you right there on the microphone. <laughs> um, coming to the stage, <laughs> you may know him from <laughs> killing lots of people. It's death. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, but um, you know, it seems like it seems like this the best strategy that things seem to be pointing towards is you wait as long as humanly possible mm-hmm. and you, you wait this thing out and get as many resources to hospitals and build more temporary hospitals and, and get resources to science. And, and it's just, it's just the reason why you want it to last longer and spread it out as to, is to not overwhelm the hospitals. So, if we can, I, oh, are, are you uh, are you getting calls during the uh, during the pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> People are concerned about me. Uh, yeah. it's, it's uh, no no problem at all. I was making a joke because I was I was just um, I, I was just texting my friend uh, Ramin Nazer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know Ramin. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a funny comic and fantastic uh, artist. Check him out on Instagram. He'll brighten your day. But he's, um, uh, I, was, I was texting him something, but he, he does some stuff for the podcast once in a while. But um, he, he was, he got back to me and he said, uh, he said, um, um, oh, hold on. It was the, the cliche thing that I'm not, remembering off of the top of my head which is um that i'm experiencing a higher than average call volume <laughs> and i was like yeah that's just humanity <laughs> right now i mean i think that's like the good thing about this virus is that people actually like are like oh i'm i'm caring about you yeah. Oh. Do you think the A's are getting a lot of calls uh, right now, and then B's are going to get <laughs> a yeah. lot of calls? I'm, I'm an R and S, so it's working my way down to me. So. <laughs> Staggered social contacting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, where were we before? Um, uh, whoever was concerned about you so rudely interrupted our. I know. I'm sorry. The numbers. No, no, it's fine. Um, so we were talking about something horrific. Um, yeah. So so basically, basically, if if we can get a sense of how to make this manageable, what is the number of people that can be infected at any right. one time, and then create policy that yeah. somehow regulates that of like, okay, we can have, everyone can go out and see Shane Moss's 
tour, stand up science, but that's it. That's the only show that you can go to yeah. in town and 200 people get to attend a live event. And they're like, okay, we're shutting it down again for, for another <laughs> couple of weeks. That'll work its way through the system. Works out good for you as long as you're that one event. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think comics are going to have to like petition the, the government maybe to like do, do shows and, and, uh, oh, maybe this is the way for comedians to finally unionize. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I think that it's going to be a while before um, stand-up comedy is considered necessary. <laughs> yeah. A, people are I, always I, like, I, we need to laugh. We need to laugh right now. And people are like, laughter is the best medicine. And then when shit actually hits the fan, people are like, oh, we don't need stand-up comedy at all like i'm just watching the office <laughs> music at i can see music at like an amphitheater or something like that where people can like spread out on yeah. a lawn or something like that like maybe some interesting things yeah. like that happening even that seems like really risky right now and uh, yeah. i mean we're gonna have to we'd have to make some crazy cultural shift in terms of just like what normative behavior actually is. And uh, I mean, people are, I mean, a lot of the majority of people are, I would say are adapting rather quickly. It's just all of the, the bad apples and the, you know, I mean, I'm in Wisconsin right now and there's okay. you know, the, the same, the same kind of um, Midwestern tough guys, uh, uh, Oh, you know, I know who you're talking about. My that, wife from Wisconsin. Yeah, that that are, uh, you know, the, the same guys that you know refuse to go to the doctor or whatever under normal circumstances or wash your hands or anything else. You know, yeah. try talking these guys into and and it's unfortunate because this isn't like, you know, these same people might be against uh, or not necessarily the same people, but there's there's people still against like. Um, illegal drugs or whatever it's like well if someone does heroin like i don't contract heroin from them yeah you know like i don't yeah. i don't catch heroin from them that's on them if yeah. if if some fucking construction worker or whatever wants to wants to still just like do business as usual and and you know we need construction we need jobs we can't just stop everything and we need to keep a supply chain mm -hmm. going but what i'm saying if, if if someone thinks they're too tough for a virus uh, that's that's not you don't get to risk everyone else's life um yeah. because of this stuff and it's still it's just not enough information out there what would you you know, this is the, a huge legitimate problem. And, th and this is one thing that, you know, um, our leadership has a, ha it does have like, a, as annoying a, and misguided and, and corrupt and stupid and everything else is that, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the, the president for the horrible job that he's doing and, and the way in which he's using the idea of fake news to like gaslight everybody. As, as horrible as that is, the reason why it resonates with so many people is because there is just a zillion forms of, you know, especially since the internet's come online and everything yeah. else, it's just, 
there's a everyone's got an opinion and then there's incentive to have your own particular little take on it and be yeah. have your own interesting take and and so how do people get you know i'm i'm privileged because i get to talk with scientists and scientists are often all over the place with these things because which yeah. means which means science is working by yeah. the way it's yeah. how it, it's how it corrects itself but you know how, so anyway how, how does someone like yourself that is uh, you have a science background but you don't know about this what do you do to research something like this oh i go through the papers so I, I feel like a lot of people, I, so one of the great examples I think of, of sort of misinformation and things that have spread so like um, wildly throughout the way people talk about this virus are they talk about it being airborne and they talk about it surviving on surfaces for days. And I've seen so many people talk about that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and a lot of it's based on one paper that was published in New England Journal of Medicine. And when you look at the paper and you like look at what the data shows, it doesn't really prove any of that information. That mm. people have, I've seen so many news articles that kind of regurgitate and repeat the same information. And so like knowing some virology and knowing like what the data is showing, it doesn't quite make sense to be as worried about things as the news media is, is making it. So for the example of surfaces, I, I don't, I'm sure you probably heard. I, I haven't, I haven't had okay. a single, so I don't watch the news. I get all of my information from doing this podcast and talking okay. with experts. And we, and this is one question I have not asked about surfaces yet at all. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is just stuff I see. I don't really watch any of the cable news or anything on TV, but the, I get news via Twitter a lot. And it's, it's not, like, it's not even, it's not even a criticism of news. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 if anything, it's, it's just my, my reaction um, uh, yeah. to the news is, is not healthy for me. And, sure. um, and I, I, I value the sources of information that are at my disposal. And even, even when a scientist is saying some horrific news to me, there's a sense of calm to it because I actually like, it sounds like reality and yeah. reality uh, here, uh, feeling like I'm hearing reality is soothing <laughs> to me. <laughs> hearing like I might not be hearing the truth from someone makes me very upset and uh, yeah, gets me too worked up. Yeah, so. I think yeah. So for the thing with surfaces, is that um, so? Basically, there was a study that looked at um, how when you they put virus certain amount of virus on different surfaces, cardboard, stainless steel, copper, and plastic. And they reported that on stainless steel and plastic, this virus can live for three days, which is, you know, very horrifying. And right. I've seen people like be like, don't let your kids touch anything because the virus is living on the surface for days and days. And when you look at the actual data, and basically one of the important things to understand with this virus is this concept of infectious dose. Do you know what that is? Mm. People, people the, the, so, so there, there's like kind of a threshold amount of virus that you yes. need to be infected. I imagine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically what infectious dose is. And when they did the study, they didn't really consider that. And when they're kind of evaluating 
what you know what they're saying that this is highly infectious or this can exist for a certain number of days. So first of all, we don't know the infectious dose of SARS-CoV-2, but SARS, there's kind of been some ballpark estimates of what the infectious dose is. And so when you kind of adjust um, for that, like really the virus doesn't really live on any surface longer than a day. Hmm. And that's on plastic. Everything else is like a few hours. So hmm. it's, it kind of really changes how you talk about things when you're like worried about a virus living on surfaces for days versus like, yeah, it's like you, you sneeze on it and then it will die over a period of time and you don't have to worry about it. It's like with herpes, uh, like <laughs> an infectious, t- like with herpes, I can just like, if I just put the tip in, I'll be okay. Right? <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's however maybe. Much, how, you're how not much. supposed to answer like it depends on how much liquid your your fluid you're dealing with. Sure, uh, sure. What what your load is? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so many variables. <laughs> so many yeah, variables. I mean, it's it's um you know with any virus how it spreads is is you know really heavily limited on like however much virus is in your body or is in the fluid that's being spread at a given time. So mm. even with um, studies I've seen about. Um, this coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 that there's like a peak and then it goes down after a certain period of time. So, and that's around the five to seven day period is kind of what people have been saying is the Hmm. peak of viruses. And that's also when you start seeing the symptoms. And, and, and and that's also still to say that, you know, if a coronavirus is on a surface, am am I, um, am I thinking about this in the wrong way in, in that it's, um, in some ways, losing its potency by the minute. Like I, I would think that on day one, it's more potent than day two, than day three, than day four. Does it? Does it not yeah. have like kind of half life sort of? It does, it does for sure. Yeah. And I think the way I think about it is like you think about any sort of liquid on a surface. There's liquids not just inert. It's like it's thousands of virus particles that are in this liquid, as well as water and other fluids from your from your throat cough or spit or whatever and so there's antibodies and all these things and throughout they're all bounding into each other so over that period of time these particles are getting weakened and weakened and so they're no longer able to infect anybody Hmm. so you know that's basically what's happening as it's just sitting there and like nobody's touching it so really probably the best way of spreading it is really that person-to-person contact Why isn't why isn't it all hands on deck right now? For, why aren't they recruiting everyone that has even a passing knowledge of virology to like be looking at data and figuring out whatever? And, and why isn't there you know when they're like oh two three trillion dollar stimulus package? Let's see, should it go to these corporations? Should it go to these individuals? Should we? Why aren't they going, we're going to throw $3 trillion at science, get all of the best technology, we're going to get every single person, like, okay, you were, you, were in the, um, you were in the positive psychology department before, well, guess what, now you're working on coronavirus for a little while, well, until we figure this shit out. Raj, you're doing some great comedy there for a minute. You want to do it again? Guess what? You're back to work for, for science for a little while. Is it, 
there's been kind of a joke because I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of physicists that I guess feel left out of this and they've been like trying to do like coronavirus, their own like physics version of coronavirus research. Well, maybe there's a parallel universe right now where there's not <laughs> <Yeah>. a... <laughs> well, there's it's like people that are publishing, like are trying to publish papers on like coronavirus cryptography and like all these like things that's like, okay, you're just trying to be relevant somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's concerned about coronavirus and you're like, well, I study... Uh, I'm a string theorist and here's, <laughs> here's what that has to You can be. put a bunch of coronavirus on a string. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's, I think it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I got out of virology because there was like no funding yeah. <laughs> for, for decades. And I think that, you know, I don't know what the, if you look at budget cuts over the last 20 years, I mean, it's probably been close to a trillion mm-hmm. dollars that could have been spent on research that would have found antivirals or anything that, you know, we knew about SARS in 2002. Mm-hmm. And then nobody kind of followed up in programs to be like, let's let's have an antiviral just in case another SARS might happen. Hmm. And that yeah. was um, that was like everyone was really scared about SARS in 2002, and then we kind of all forgot about it. And then MERS happened a little bit later, and not enough people were infected or died that anyone you know was like, yeah, we should really focus on having a coronavirus antiviral. But you know, this is. Uh... Boy, I'd like to forget this one. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be an interesting learning experience for a lot of people. I don't think people are going to forget this no. anytime soon. This no. is a qualitatively different experience. I think that uh, if anything, people might overcorrect from it. I, I mean, we need we need all hands on deck right now. But after everything's said and done, I mean, one of the one of the greatest um, threats to Moder- uh, to um, modernity uh, has has been chronic stress over threats that actually don't exist. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, people people giving themselves heart attacks over uh, over imagined four hundred one k problems that aren't even aren't even yeah. there yet. You know, and, and so just just the amount of mental health and stress levels and anxiety that are just going to persist for so long after this think of the kids growing up that are like having to like not understanding why they can't like why they can like look at their mom but they can't go and like hug her or whatever and like what is the long-term effect yeah. of that it, I, I can't imagine there was a very upsetting video i saw that like made me cry the other night there was a, a video of a doctor coming back from the er and his kid was like running up to try to hug him oh my and he's like he's like tells him to stay away don't come near him because he he hasn't cleaned up yet or sanitized himself and then he just like after doing that like his kid just looks sad and then he like the doctor starts crying (laughs) it's it's like the opposite of those like puppy reunites with soldier (laughs) oh my god <laughs> oh, oh my god this is going this is like this uh, every single one of these episodes that i do 
I think of one, at least one new, just horrific, <laughs> upsetting scenario. And it's just every wait when I when I like just can't take it anymore. This is, I mean, part of why I'm a comedian is because humor is like my survival skill. Yeah. This is like my self defense. It's how I. My grandma used to like like nervous laugh every time she had like bad news to share with uh, you know it's just like in my genes or something so i hear shit like that i'm just like oh my god it's it's like uh um it's it's like the in in within the the psychedelic uh space which i'm also have a have a foot in it's mm -hmm. kind of comparable to the cosmic laugh of you have these experience is where you kind of conceptualize or, or in a way live through just like the most horrific human suffering or, uh, or idea of it imaginable. And at the end of it, you just like laugh because there is no other, there's like yeah. no other response that you can have. But yeah, this is like, this is, um, it, I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of future virologists. It, no longer are kids going to be aspiring to be the president of the United States. No. That's for sure. No. <laughs> I think that's done. But, <laughs> but, but and it, uh, I mean, that might be some good that comes out of it. So there's going to be, you, you know, um, a, a, a good ten, 10 years from now, there's going to be a flood of of uh, aspiring virologists uh, yeah. trying to get in, <laughs> trying to get in. I mean, that that may be that be one of one of the good things, but you know, I think the big issue is, uh, you know, is the government funding the research to do right, that. right, right. Well, I, I mean, if there's enough public pressure for things, then then yeah, um, you, you know, then hopefully, hopefully, you know, the idea is is to get these these figureheads uh, and and cheer uh, basically like cheerleaders and fundraisers which is all most politicians are just mm -hmm. to get them pandering in the right direction yeah. uh <laughs> you know yeah, um the hundreds of thousands of virologists can finally form a, <laughs> form a lockstep voting block i mean it's not like we don't have the money first of all people are like where is this money coming from it's like well 600 billion a year in oil subsidies that are actually hurting the economy and increasing dependence on fossil fuel, increasing yeah. global warming, which increases severe weather, which increases the money that we have to pay on hurricane relief and everything else. There, that's saving 600 billion right now, plus downstream effects of all the money that you're saving from cutting down on, on fossil fuel. Yeah. All the FEMA recovery funds and, and, and all of that. That's, that's a, uh, that's a long ways. That's, that's a big chunk out of a stimulus package paid for, <laughs> paid for <laughs> right there. I mean, yeah. it's not like we don't have solutions. We, we just have to redirect some of the energy as far as I can tell. I feel like I'm uh, now getting on my soapbox a, a little bit. It's just, I haven't, I haven't talked to another comedian about this <laughs> stuff. So now, sure. Um, so, uh, so anyway, this is, and uh, what, what, uh, in, in terms of, in terms of comedy, what, what, since, since I, I, since you may be the only comic that I, that I have on any of these episodes, um, what, what, what have you been thinking about? 
Uh, I don't know. I've, like comedy's kind of like died up in my brain, and it's just sort of yeah. Like, I need to know everything I need to know about this virus, and yeah, yeah. But I think like the one thing, the closest thing I, I I found that's funny is I I don't know if you can see my hair. I had to cut my hair myself for the first. Oh, time. Oh, looks great. Oh, looks thanks. better than mine. I haven't cut my hair. Oh yeah, I yeah uh, I, I used a beard trimmer to cut my hair. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. i t- i timed this uh the shutting down of all businesses very poorly with my mm. haircut so yeah but if we're going on two or three months of this then i think everybody else is going to be having to be aspiring barbers which yeah. is interesting downstream effect of all these guys with either terrible long terribly long hair or just the goofiest haircuts I mean, I was talking with someone in Wisconsin that their like grandma or whatever just went in for a haircut like a couple days ago or a week oh, ago, really? which I don't know how barbershop or any salons are still legally open. So I, I don't know if I got like, I was a little off on the days and got some bad information from that person. Are bars, holy bars, shit. Open? No. Okay. Everything's closed there. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I believe it, well, it's a safer at home. Actually, I went out today because of all the things that are a necessity. I desperately needed a webcam <laughs> for for my living. So um, best Buy's open. And well, best I, I I got it out of a Walmart, which by the way, so I wanted I wanted to get one delivered. Mm-hmm. Um and it is, you know, so part of my living. Um and I wanted to get one delivered. And the one that I wanted um, was available for delivery in June. Oh, that's, wow. how, that's how many people are like buying podcasting and webcams and all of and every kind of equipment. Um, and uh, but yeah, I went to I, I went to a Best Buy when I first arrived two or three weeks ago, and at the time. It was you pull up to the curb, you tell them what you want, and they go in and get it and had like gloves on and mm-hmm. you know everything else. But um, but anyway, the point is is um, this is uh, April first right now that I'm recording this. I don't, I'm not quite sure when it's coming out. Um, but um, I I had to drive, so I found a Walmart that had one, and so I was like, all right, I'll just make that the the one trip to the supply run and everything trying to only have to go for supplies like and food and stuff every like three weeks or something like that, two, three weeks if possible. Mm -hmm. And so get everything that I need and including that. And I was surprised how much traffic there was on the road for sure. But the idea of getting, but you know, and, and I surprised how busy the Walmart was, Mm -hmm. but in terms of busy, I mean like, it was hard to go through an aisle that there wasn't already someone in, mm. but there was still some empty aisles too. So it was not like it was packed or anything by okay. any means. And But the idea of someone getting a haircut right now, where literally someone's touching you, breathing all... over your head, like yeah. the, the information clearly just isn't quite... <laughs> reaching enough people or with enough uh seriousness yeah. yeah but anyway so i got a i got this nice little do with uh with my beard trim 
Yeah. What's um? So what's uh, what's it like in um? And uh, are are you working on any? Are you doing any? First off, I want to make sure and plug any of your of your stuff. Are you even? Are you doing any like social media stuff through this? Are you trying to like inform people or comment on it, or still just yeah? In the gathering I've, been, information? I've been posting some stuff here and there on uh, at Raj Sivaraman on Twitter. All right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you, you have like a website for people to check out some of your stand up or anything. Yeah, Raj Sivaraman dot com are people trying to organize a lot of the virtual i basically i got i got um asked to do a virtual stand-up show and i said no and then i took and then i posted on twitter that i'm not doing virtual stand-up shows so don't bother asking um but um i is that i am wondering what every comic in I new do. york and everything is doing I- I've done like two like science virtual science shows. Yeah, like but that's great. Shows, but they were like it's kind of like the blend of science and mentally yeah. funny. But it was because it was like early in the coronavirus spread phase where people were like, I need to know everything about this. That it was yeah, like, yeah. if it's more serious and informational, that's fine too. But you know, I would try to make it funny and interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird not having an audience and then just just i just kind of assume i kind of i guess it's kind of like doing twitter anyway it's like you just post something and just hope that someone finds it amusing yeah but it's different because someone reads something and then they're reading and they're judging uh, whether it's funny or not on their own without without the trained like subconscious influence of like oh i wait and hear what the social cues are and see if Oh, is there, you know, there was never a laugh track for Twitter anyway. <laughs> right. You know, there, there's, I, I mean, I guess there's like number of retweets or likes that's priming your, your, um, your perception or judgment a little bit. But I, I think that, I think that comics are like, if I say a funny joke and it's funny, someone at home will laugh. And the yeah. audience assumes if, the person is funny and says something funny, I will laugh, not realizing all of the subconscious primes that go into, this is why we have basements with low ceilings. This is why we force audience members against their will to sit in the front row. You know, like all of the things that we have to do because, and then, so now you're like coming off like you're bombing when you're doing your best material and it's awkward and then it's amateur-y and I don't know. It's like, I, I, I know there it's the least of our concerns right now, but, but just because, um, like I said, you're going to be the only comic that I ha- that I have on this yeah. from my, from my point of view. And the reason why, in case listeners are wondering why I'm not like doing virtual comedy shows like other comics aren't, it's because I want to, I want stand up comedy to still exist after all of this is over and I don't want it to be completely ruined by awful virtual shows that change the public's perception. It's like how it's like how people still think heckling is a good idea because of 80s comedy. Imagine yeah. people's perception of comedy after pandemic stand up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why why go to live comedy when you can just watch these people <laughs> <laughs> Twitch, <laughs> play right. video games and do jokes at the same time. 
um, how, what's, what's the sense, you know, the thing is in Wisconsin is that people can get themselves a freezer and they can, um, you know, take advantage of, of good deals and, um, and stock up on mm-hmm. when, when things are on sale and plentiful, you know, in a responsible way that isn't hoarding and taking, uh, you know, away. there's not like a meat or vegetable shortage or anything right now. And, mm-hmm. and so they can, they can stock up to, uh, uh, to save some money and the, and then they can eliminate the number of times that they have to go out and go to the grocery store. Um, just like little things like that. And they can, stock up on i mean no one needs the 80 year supply of toilet paper that that people seem to need but but you know hand sanitizer or anything else and um i i i don't without without knowing anything about your accommodations i imagine living in brooklyn you have some fairly modest <laughs> accommodations as does every other comic in the city so it's it's hard for anyone in that area to to stock up. That means they need to go out more. Yeah. How are people responding? Are people are are people being respectful? Are, are people distancing? Is it a variety of? Is it unpredictable? Is it? I think like the amount of overall traffic on the streets is less. And I don't know how much of it. So I live in Park Slope, which is kind of a wealthier part of Brooklyn. And um, the, I feel like a lot of people have left the city, which is one thing. And then, so I don't know how much, how many fewer people there are in New York now than there is normally. But the people that are out in the streets, they are heavily wearing masks, often incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, not really paying much attention to space and the distance that you should have uh, from person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a, a kid, so it's kind of mandatory that we like go out for our, our sanity for like a walk or something, and he loses his mind too. So, you know, every time we go out for a walk, it's just like everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I don't need to, move aside and let you pass because mm-hmm. the sidewalks in New York are not, or at least where we live are not very wide. So it's, so it's kind of like you, one person needs to pull off to the side in order to let the other person have enough space. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I feel like people are not really embracing the distancing as they should. Mm-hmm. But I do think that overall people are staying home a lot more. Um, I think in general, I think just the way that the grocery stores have been, like we we're only going out to gro- do groceries. I mean, we don't have enough space. Like we don't have an extra freezer or anything that we can right. store stuff in. I, so I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure almost nobody does in all of yeah. <laughs> New York City. We have you know like we we have a couple of bags of like backup stuff that should last us like another couple of weeks. But, you know, I'm anticipating that this is going to take a few months. So, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I also don't know like what the situation is with the overall food supply. 
mm-hmm. and in the long term. And I don't know what they're going to do to shore shore that up and make sure that there's no issues with it. Yeah, because I'm still perplexed why Purell's not <laughs> not back on stores. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if you, you had. Do you have it in Wisconsin? No. Yeah, so it's like you're a huge business, and somehow there's no new Purell that's being made. Yeah, why? I mean, I've, you know, I, I, I've worked in factories and they usually make a variety. You know, I did like machine parts for things. I worked in a crouton factory oh, for nice. a while. Uh, <laughs> um, Wait, and, they and manufacture croutons? Yeah. Like and, huge slabs of bread? Uh, yeah, you you make the bread, you stale the bread, you chop the bread, you bake it, you season it, stuff it in a bag, put that bag in a box, and off you go. And uh, and I, I I worked in furniture factory was for like four years, mm-hmm. and um, you know if it was like one single product that all of a sudden there was lots of demand for. I mean, there'd be some constraints, but I don't see how they wouldn't have any one of the places that I worked for wouldn't have like reworked things a little bit to crank out to like take advantage and meet the demand. Reallocated resources somehow. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's crazy to me that there's no new, all I'm the only, I mean, I've not seen hand sanitizer anywhere in weeks and the, the only ones I could see were like kind of these really, really off, off brand mm-hmm. hand sanitizer. So it's just curious to me, like how, if we're going to have a more sustained, I think we're calling it a pause in New York, but if this pause is so long, like what, what's the lasting effects of that? And, you know, why are we making just a subset of, you know, all the people responsible for getting our, you know, produce and, you know, food and everything else they're all working but you know there's servers and um you know everybody else in every other industry is not really doing their jobs because they have no jobs to do so it seems like we're just putting strains on only like a handful of sectors but long and the short of it is we go out not more than once for um groceries and in the grocery store, it's a madhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And the grocery stores in New York are not, I don't think they're like Walmarts, you know. Where right, right. They're, they're pretty small. And there's not a lot of, the aisles are very narrow. So it's, it's really hard to shop and not feel like I'm probably, I probably got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whew. And I Man. saw, last time I was in a grocery store, there was just one of the people there were just, eating food <laughs> like walking down the aisles just like chewing down on a danish or something and mm-hmm. i'm just like okay they don't seem to care hmm. huh well now i wonder what's going to happen when people i mean i think more and more people are probably going to flee new york uh, i mean has it crossed your mind to head back to <laughs> Wisconsin we, or anything yeah we i mean we thought about going somewhere else but i think at this rate, you know, so anywhere we go with families, our families are either old or some are, are, there's somebody who's pregnant. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's kind of irresponsible for us to go to any place. 
and not at least quarantine ourselves for 14 days. So yeah, I guess I, I have a friend that got an Airbnb recently cause he didn't want to be in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so he got an Airbnb in like Arizona or something like that and had to do like a month, um, at a time or something. Yeah. Cause you know, you can't just check in and out for a couple days yeah. uh, anymore. You have to have like a minimum month thing. And I don't even know how I, I'm sure not many people are doing, uh, doing that Air- right now. Airbnbs, either. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like with Airbnb, you also have to kind of trust that, like, how clean <laughs> is it? Is it clean enough mm-hmm. when you walk in? And are there, you know, especially since there's like wipes that are you can't get wipes anymore either. So, God, remember when we were just worried about herpes? I know. It Wasn't was a, that uh, just simpler times? I should have had so much more sex with strangers, Raj. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know the apocalypse was right around. <laughs> right All around these the people world. you could have been kissing. <laughs> oh, um, uh, you could have got Epstein Barr, which is another uh, herpes virus. Uh, oh, collect them all. What's <laughs> yeah. what's that? What's Epstein Barr? It's mono. Ah, so it causes mono. Wait, herpes causes mono? Well, one of the one of the herpes family is causes mono. Okay, so that's just one of many causes of mono, or that's the how one. you get mono. The cause, the cause of mono. Mono. So is, if you get mono, it's from herpes. Yeah, it's Epstein Barr virus is what causes it. So mono's like. <laughs> I bet I remember like kids in high school getting mono. Is that because they were like, they were spreading and making out. Yeah. That's how you, that's how you get it. They get, Um, you get it under the bleachers. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Wow. Dangling down like a spider. But boy, I did not know a thing about virology. Yeah. So when you, when we think of herpes, we really only think of like herpes one and herpes two. So I think Epstein-Barr is herpes five, four. I think it's four. Hmm. Wow. So many yeah. herpes I never knew about. Never even got a chance to catch any of them. There's, all, there's eight of them. <laughs> well, one day, enough. hopefully, things will get back to normal. I can get out there and get one of my eight herpes. <laughs> well, you probably have three. Uh, really? Probably. Ah, I mean, I like to think I lived a little bit. <laughs> for, sure, for sure, you probably you had chickenpox. Yeah, I had chickenpox. Boom, chickenpox. Yeah. Okay. Um, did did you did you have mono? I assume you didn't have mono. Nope. No mono. So you uh, and and come to find out, it's because I wasn't cool enough. Yeah. I didn't know that's why I never had mono. Yeah, basically. Damn it. <laughs> um. Then yeah, cytomegalovirus most people have already. So you probably have cytomegalovirus. What's that? Uh it's it's like a herpes virus that doesn't really do anything. This is, unless, you unless should you do have. a whole show like get to know your viruses. Like here here here's all the viruses you're already hosting. Yeah. That you don't even know about. Uh, or uh, or all the bacteria that lives on your skin and or in your gut and mouth. Yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, all the Some good of stuff. It. Yeah probably have most likely you probably have herpes one you think i have herpes one 
I mean, 80% of the U.S. population has herpes 1. Oh, okay. Uh, and 20% have herpes 2. So. What is, I, I feel like those numbers mean people aren't given enough oral. If 80% of people have herpes 1, herpes 1 can lead to herpes 2 by giving someone oral sex then I feel I like it. there's just like not a lot of very generous lovers out there. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. I think that's probably true. But, I, but herpes one doesn't lead to herpes two. They're two different things. Oh, okay. It's like SARS one, SARS two. Like, okay. if you get SARS one, that doesn't lead to SARS two. Oh, that's what I thought. But I was confused. What was the thing that you said earlier? That if you have two, you can contract? So herpes, herpes one is mostly oral. Okay. But you can spread herpes one genitally too. Oh, 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 okay. So, so some herpes. I have herpes one. Yeah. I go Probably. down on the lady who has nothing. She gets herpes one from me. And then herpes one is now coming through her saliva. Uh, I don't think it spreads back from her. So she's like now she just has genital herpes one. Genital herpes one. And then does genital herpes one... <laughs> spread i don't spread think so. genitally and, and then it then that's it then you just have uh, genital yeah. herpes one and it doesn't do anything yeah i think it's an infection that you just get and then it just goes away it's not it does it's not like sustaining like other herpes not bad yeah. not a bad herpes i mean in the context of a of a of of corona uh ending our civilization herpes one doesn't look so bad as uh, I, yeah. I take everything I uh, back that I've ever said bad about, about herpes wasn't, wasn't so bad after all. It, it was kind of, it was kind of like we, how we yearn for the days of, of the whimsical um, George W. Goofs. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> remember, remember when he almost died from choking on a pretzel? <laughs> Those were the days. That's what herpes one is like now. <laughs> Basically. I feel like, you know, I remember when we were, when I was in grad school, we were trying to get funding and it's like, you're trying to really hard to convince people that herpes is like a very dangerous Because the only way to get money is like, if something's will it kill you and will kill you. And it's such a stretch. Are, are there, are there pathogen like, um, threat levels? Are there like, this is a pathogen one, this is a pathogen oh, yeah. two, this is a three, a four or five. Yeah. There's, um, biosafety levels so bios i think herpes so when you work with uh herpes viruses uh which i did for a while uh you have to use a certain hood and certain techniques to just make sure that you didn't infect yourself by accident hmm. um so basically it's that's bl2 so what um i don't know if you remember the movie outbreak um yes yeah, so the movie outbreak, you know, when they wear those hazmat suits and like have the the air ventilators in their in their back, so Ebola and um, uh, any other hemorrhagic fever virus, those are all BL fours. Hmm. So, so you re- like need very very high level of preca- precaution and protection, and then BL three, I think, is where coronavirus is currently. So it's sort of like the level of risk to fatality. So because it's coronavirus, it's, it is very fatal, but it's not Ebola level fatal. Mm-hmm. And it's 
high spreads a lot better. So that's BL3. But I think, you know, conceivably, if the entire human population gets immunity to coronavirus, then maybe it goes down to BL2. Hmm. So yeah, to answer long winded way to answer your question, there are <laughs> there are threat threat levels of virus. Makes sense. Huh. Boy, this is do you think that maybe this is the most that humans have ever learned <laughs> in like a three week period? Like everybody, everyone is learning so much. It's not just virology. We're learning how to like, uh, oh, I guess I better take up cooking, even though I haven't cooked yeah. in five years. Oh, better to learn I'm a, a new baker. skill. I'm a baker now. Um, yeah that's a good point i feel like everyone is has gotten into like their own hobby horse of figuring out like okay i'm gonna learn something i'm gonna do oh they and they sure better we're all gonna have to be the most flexible we've ever needed to be in our lifetimes yeah oh man learning on the fly well uh thank you so much raj for joining me oh thanks for having me I, i i wish you and your family the best yeah, same, same to you. You yeah. are you with your family? Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of, I was kind of, because I've been living on the road for like a, a year, mm-hmm. out of Airbnbs and hotels. Uh, oh, man. Was my dream <laughs> until this happened, then Yikes. became a nightmare. And uh, so I went from home free to homeless real quickly. And at first, when I wasn't sure because I wasn't talking with virologists or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, oh, I guess maybe I'll just like, oh, okay, I'll cancel a few gigs. Maybe I'll hunker down with some friends for like a little longer in LA. You know, I have tons of friends in LA that I never get to see as much. Great, great opportunities. I'll take some meetings, everything else. And then like, you know, there was just a period of time that it was like every day stuff escalated so quickly. I was yeah. like, oh no, I got to get the fuck out of here right now. Yeah. And uh, even by the time I left, it was it was much later than I should have. And oh my yeah. god, someone tried to warn me about this like back in February, and I it fell on deaf ears. I was just like, oh, well, okay, I guess even scientists can be hypochondriacs. All right, and yeah. did not heed the warning. Yeah, I mean, I remember the CDC director back in end of February was like, life will be disrupted significantly. Prepare mm-hmm. for that. And then there was a news conference with the president. And I think that person, not the CDC director, it was like an assistant CDC director, but she, the person who said that was on the podium with, with Trump and he, and he was like, nah, it's not, not going to be a big deal. I, I've heard, I, I, I asked them to send me the link and I haven't seen it. So this might be more fake news, but I heard that, something like 90% of Republicans that, that were in whatever survey mm-hmm. believe Trump over the CDC. <laughs> and this is how societies end. Yeah, I feel like the other thing is, have you seen anything from the CDC director? Um, I not, feel like they not really. Things. I haven't been watching much of the news. Yeah, but like you think about movies with, you know, every stereotypical pandemic movie, mm-hmm. the CDC director is always a major character of that movie. 
because the CDC director should be telling you. Right, right. Intuitively. Yeah. If you're, if you're a screenwriter, you like call a few people and then you go like, then what would happen? Then what would the correct process be? So I can make this realistic for my movie. Yeah. Meanwhile, I feel like the CDC director we have currently is doing that Homer gif into the bushes as he's just (laughs) fading into the background. (laughs) Not me, not this virus. I don't like it. Oh man. Well, uh, best of luck to you, my friend. Can't wait to Thank see you in person again yeah. sometime when all of this and do a live stand up comedy show. Yeah. Good, good, good luck with your tour in August. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not terribly hopeful. But yeah. uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a situation where it's not like I'm putting I don't put money into marketing until like two weeks before. So it doesn't, you know, yeah. I can always I, I can always cancel a week before and I'm just out the amount of time that I spent on booking things. Yeah. Because, you know, That's good. So, um, so enjoy, enjoy so, Wisconsin. Otherwise get some yeah. cheese curds. Yeah. I, I get to, I get to talk with a bunch of scientists each day and that makes me happy. So yeah, that's yeah, good. Pretty cool. Um, well, thanks man. And uh, thank you listeners for being such a wonderful, curious people. We'll see you next episode. Are we? Yes. Where are we here? Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are.